chapter nine of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter nine the loom house academy in spite of mammy's defection and the logical reason therefore the new school opened with every prospect of success the charm of novelty is nowhere more potent than with the race that miss abby was seeking to uplift they may lack staying qualities but not enthusiasm colonel trevilian gave her all the assistance she could desire except that he would not require any of them to attend they might go if they so elected but there should be no compulsion in the matter he had uncle peter the farm carpenter make some puncheon benches and a long table for the prospective scholars virginia her ardor undampened by her recent adventure undertook to see that the room was in readiness with liz's help this was done and when the hour came the old loom house with its two tallow candles on the mantelpiece two more on the table and the crackle and glow of a hickory fire was not an unattractive place for keswick's rival school the lighting was reinforced at the last minute by mammy's contribution of a saucer of grease in which was a twisted rag for a wick it is impossible to say whether it was love of virginia that prompted this offering or a natural curiosity to see the schoolhouse without a sacrifice of dignity in going thither at any rate the oriental lamp was brought by her and deposited in the middle of the table where it did its humble best to illuminate a somewhat dark scene at the signal the dinner bell in virginia's hands they came in a motley crew headed by old uncle bob crippled and deaf who usually went to roost with the chickens they ranged in age down to kylines youngest uncle bob's grandchild if modern methods had been in vogue then they might have had the stimulus of class instruction for they were all at a it really was more of an attendance than miss abby had dared hope for they more than filled the benches on each side of the long table virginia promptly seated the overflow of tender years on the floor in front of the fire where they sat most properly except for an occasional nervous giggle miss abby had intended to open the school with prayer and had so informed virginia but when they were seated and looking up into her face with that dumb expectancy which she always found so pathetic she was suddenly seized with stage fright if the expression could be so far wrested from its proper place as to refer to prayer never in her whole self-possessed life had she felt so embarrassed virginia's quick intuition saw the trouble and a way up call on uncle reuben she whispered miss abby obeyed and how uncle reuben did pray the new england woman listened in a sort of dazed wonder she had conscientiously determined to open every session with prayer her own of course which she knew would be halting and imperfect but better than none she relinquished the intention before the old man was half through uncle reuben was more at home here than she was when she reached home that night she was in a state of excitement that forbade sleep 
it seemed to her that this experiment was fraught with no end of possibilities for those she sought to help miss abby confidently believed that the end of the black man's bondage was near at hand and she was permitted to have some small share in preparing him for the new life that was before him she must tell somebody about it she drew her table before the fire and wrote what joy that letter would bring to the faithful ones at home waiting for the coming of the day keswick jackson county missouri november eighteen fifty nine my dear father i have delayed my usual letter several days because i had something of importance to communicate and did not wish to do so until after to-night you will rejoice with me i know that the opportunity i so earnestly desired in coming to a slave state that is to be able to do something to ameliorate the condition of these poor creatures has come to me earlier than i dared hope i shall have the inestimable privilege of leading them to the fountain of knowledge that they may slake their thirst when we reflect how long it has been withheld from them we can well imagine what that thirst must be it has all come about in the most natural manner possible i can see the hand of providence in it all when i broached the subject of teaching them i expected the most bitter opposition but god had put it into the hearts of colonel trevilian and his wife who really are very good people though slaveholders to second my efforts and almost before i could ask my request was granted i must say that they have been very cordial in their support of my plans to-night i began work in a disused building called the loom house and had a most gratifying attendance the women for some unexplainable reason do not take hold of it as the men do but i hope they will come in time their ignorance is appalling why they actually do not know the alphabet and some of them are old men it will be slow work but i hope much from their deep interest i go from one to another hearing them say the letters i have told them and often by the time i have got around they will have forgotten the first ones virginia who is a very bright attractive girl though she laughs too much helped me to-night she does not seem to mind in the least going near them but i am ashamed to say that as anxious as i am to help them i feel a repugnance at coming in contact with them that as yet i am not able to conquer i strive constantly against the feeling but it is so strong that it seems to me they must almost be aware of it and they were but that is not the way for me to feel and i hope to overcome it by strong effort and prayer i consider them downtrodden and oppressed and i want them to have their rights but really i am glad that we are not likely to have very many of them in massachusetts it seems so strange to me that none of the family here seem to have this repugnance at all there was one thing that surprised me very much i felt so strangely embarrassed when i came before those old men that i felt unequal to beginning with prayer as i had intended doing i think it is best to give them some religious instruction and virginia suggested my calling on uncle reuben the carriage-driver of whom i wrote to you i did so and have hardly ever heard a better prayer coming from one who does not even know his letters it is astonishing they certainly have had more religious instruction than we have been led to believe or else he is in communication with the fountain-head virginia says he is the exhorter at the prayer-meetings which they hold from cabin to cabin this country is full of surprises to me you know we had always supposed that they were not allowed to hold any kind of gatherings 
i feel so uplifted in spirit that i am permitted to do this work and i hope for great things with their hunger for knowledge it will be a pleasure to teach them and i think or at least i hope i shall get over the feeling i spoke of pray for me that i may not faint by the wayside while they struggle on your affectionate daughter abby ann cheever miss abby wrote this letter in a kind of spiritual exaltation it was on foolscap paper with a square left blank in the middle of the last page she folded it dexterously so that the writing was hidden and sealed it with red wax envelopes for general use had not then reached the prairie and miss abby was economical they were full of talk the next morning at the breakfast-table about the school and miss abby told of her surprise which she could not get over at uncle reuben's prayer oh reuben makes a good prayer said colonel trevilian and what is more he lives up to the grade of his praying did he ask the lord to send down his sanctum sanctorum upon you miss abby looked blank his sanctum sanctorum she questioned yes the bishop tells about being down at one of their meetings in virginia once and the old preacher wanted to do his best by them and he prayed that god would send down his sanctum sanctorum upon them the next morning the old preacher who was the carriage driver took his master's guests to the boat the bishop thought he would get his idea of what it meant you know they are more careful to get sound than sense miss abby miss abby had noticed it to the great confusion of her ideas she could not always follow mammy on account of it well the bishop said to him uncle i was very much obliged to you for all the good things called down upon me last night but i wanted to ask you just what you meant by his sanctum sanctorum the old darkey scratched his head a moment and then said well master i don't jes exactly know what dat word do mean but i know what i meant by it well what's that asked the bishop i meant give em de best you got they laughed heartily over the story and miss abby remarked uncle reuben didn't say that but he prayed that we might be fed from a low rack i thought that was good it was expressive enough to one who has ever seen stock try to reach up to a high one said the colonel reuben's prayers are full of symbolism his metaphors are a little mixed sometimes but they are always striking miss abby that prayer was for you laughed mrs trevilian uncle reuben was afraid you would shoot over their heads well jake knows three letters anyway if he never learns any more declared virginia round o crooked s and t i skipped about i want to know i began at the beginning and taught them straight down it hardly seemed orthodox to her to do any other way i tried to teach him q said virginia with a reminiscent gurgle of laughter but he couldn't remember it all he could tell was that it was dat un what got a tail hitch on virginia are you going to help miss abby every night there was evident disapproval in miss nanny's voice yes'm as long as they come i think it's fun miss abby did not quite understand virginia's qualifying clause i shall need you all winter she said you are a great help to me miss nanny smiled that inscrutable smile that always made miss abby uncomfortable 
the school began on tuesday uncle bob held out till friday when he concluded that the late hours were too much for him he was doubtless led to this decision by aunt viney's scorn of any old fool nigger wi' one foot in de grave settin down studyin a b a b's stidder gittin a good night's rest conjugal scorn will tell even on elderly ideals when saturday came logan one of the younger men and one that miss abby counted on most was missing he had gone to his wife's house which miss abby considered a most reprehensible thing to do seeing that he had to miss a night's schooling to do it mrs trevilian had suggested that saturday was a bad night to have school but miss abby had said grimly that they needed all the time there was there was none to lose liz too was kept away by a visit from a neighboring gallant on mr swamscott's farm miss abby felt that it was inexcusable for them to let such trivial things interfere with what should be the absorbing interest in life to them why of course logan wants to go to his wife's house said mrs trevilian half indignantly when the grievance was laid before her and he ought to go he has a sick child can't the mother take care of it asked the lady whose teaching instincts were easily stirred but whose human impulses were as yet held in abeyance he will forget everything he has learned before monday then let him forget mrs trevilian said this time more than half indignantly don't you suppose they have any natural affection liz's case was even worse she was simply out sparkin as carline explained it may be said in her defense that her lover too could come over but once a week i told you you'd better not have school on saturday said mrs trevilian that is their night jake stayed by her until he had mastered half the alphabet and then his own fireside began to seem more enticing than the loom house academy miss abby did not like for them to come in their working clothes and the strain of wearing sunday fixins on weekdays was too much for jake caroline she loud i was too old to learn anyway he explained to his irate instructress when she demanded the reason of his withdrawal nobody is too old to learn that wants to learn she had replied with emphasis and there she unwittingly struck the keynote of the difficulty they had no strong abiding desire to learn it had been a craving for novelty more than a hunger for knowledge that had prompted their attendance in the first place miss abby was inexpressibly disappointed in them why they dropped out on the slightest pretext and as colonel trevilian had distinctly stated that he would not compel their attendance there really was nothing to do but to let them go the younger ones held on longer urged thereto by parental authority which can sometimes see a good thing for one's offspring more clearly than for one's self but even this following daily grew thinner uncle reuben had held firm amidst the exodus he wanted to learn how to read but when it was proposed to hold a protracted meeting and the loom house was needed for it uncle reuben too wavered and succumbed the meeting was more important than the school also more enjoyable 
to say that miss ivy was grieved at the ignoble failure of her effort is to put it mildly she was chagrined beyond expression it seemed to her that the fault must be in her it could not be possible that any people could be so lacking in enterprise and love of learning she was disgusted with them and angry with herself she did not stop to reason that ambition is a thing of inheritance and that their inheritance had been in the line of sloth they actually seemed satisfied to remain in ignorance she said to mrs trevilian in bewildered helplessness they are you can see for yourself that they are contented they would rather have their play parties and their prayer meetings than all the learning that you can give them they are very much like children you could not advance a stronger argument against slavery cried miss abby with heat that they are satisfied with their condition is the deepest degradation of all it has taken away their manhood and womanhood and left them content with a mere animal existence it is worse to destroy the soul than to enslave the body infinitely worse that is no argument at all heaven forbid that i should argue said mrs trevilian hastily i am no yankee i am only stating a fact that you yourself have discovered miss abby wrote again to her father that night from the loom house could be heard the sound of many voices singing the monotonous hymns so full of resonant sound and so void of sense to any but the singers it irritated her to hear them she felt that that letter would be taken in far-off new england as an admission that she had ingloriously capitulated at the beginning of the war and yet how little they knew about it her very first doubt of the wisdom of trying to settle the great problem at long range came over her the letter was written from a full heart they drop out she wrote on the most trivial pretexts a man's wanting to go to his wife's house a girl to entertain her beau from another farm the children because they are sleepy etc you see the slaves are permitted to marry those on neighboring farms and when saturday night comes each man thinks he must go to his wife's house as they always say think of allowing such silly things to interfere with the serious matter of education and they may never have another opportunity like this i am out of all patience with them they are so emotional if they can only get together and sing their senseless hymns and shout and carry on they are perfectly happy and at this moment there rolled up from the improvised sanctuary a wave of ecstatic melody jesus through the heavens ride o oh my lord with two white horses side by side and o oh my lord he's a lily of the valley and o oh my lord he's a lily of the valley and o oh my lord miss abby closed the window which she had opened because she was so hot such childishness End of chapter nine